0: Ever since somewhere in the country, I have loved your music. But then I started researching you and I found out you had this whole other career that I had no idea about that started when you were really young. And so I'm really excited to talk about that. And I want to start all the way back at five years old, singing in church. Now, back then, do you have any memories of that and what music really made you feel back then?
1: Yeah, I do. I mean, I just felt, it felt, like where i needed to be you know my whole career um it this is just what i was meant to do i truly believe that and i think i've known since i was really young you know growing up and singing in church and then kind of transitioning into um country music singing contests uh throughout ontario when i was you know under the age of 10 for sure so it's uh, it's been a life passion i think i've always known that I wanted to be in the music business. Um, but you know, it took me a while to get there, but moving to Nashville at 16, you know, I was, I was all in pretty early.
0: Yeah. And I heard you talk about the first instrument that you learned was the recorder back at six years old. And now, you know, that's something we all learn in school, but learning that, did that have a different feel for you? Was it more than just an instrument that you were learning in school?
1: Um, no, not really. I mean, when you're that young, you know, you're just trying to kind of find your way through everything. And, and, um, I remember taking the recorder lessons, I remember doing guitar lessons and piano. And, um, you know, after a certain point, I think it's kind of up to you to pursue that or not. And, you know, recorder is not necessarily the sexiest instrument.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, are we going to hear any recorder on any upcoming uh, music that you have coming out?
1: You never, you never know. I'm always. Experimenting with new sounds,
0: <laughs> and what was the family life like as far as music goes? And your parents, like you, were involved in music as a young age. So was that because they were involved in music as well, and music was a big part of their lives?
1: Um, you know, my my father's not necessarily very musically inclined, but he grew up uh, loving music, and he kind of introduced me to country music as well as my mother. But my mother played the piano. She she played for me every time I would sing in church. Um, so that was really great, but I mean, it's not like I came from a family of singers. I don't really, I don't really know sometimes, you know, fate has other plans and this is, I feel like this is what I was meant to do.
0: And a lot of musicians did grow up with the piano, but it was because their parents wanted them to take the piano and it wasn't necessarily a positive experience for them. So as far Uh, as you go on the piano, was that a similar experience?
1: Uh, no, I think I'm the one who actually asked to, uh, to take the lessons, I've been all in on this for a long time and I'm just glad that it worked out. It's been a really, really long road. When I think back, like I usually typically don't think back about these type of things, but when I talk to folks like yourself who, who bring it up, you know, it's a great opportunity for me to walk down memory lane a little bit because I'm just so always so focused on the next, what, what's the next thing for me in my career. So it's nice to kind of take a little trip back every once in a while.
0: Yeah. That's what I love to do because I saw a great quote yesterday in you know, you're continually reaching forward, but when you get that next thing, it becomes the normal. You're not necessarily celebrating it. You're, it's part of your normal now. So you're reaching for the next thing. So I love to go back and, and kind of reminisce and, and kind of make people realize how far they have come. And you talked about those singing competitions and you were, was it a four-time champion of the Canadian open country singing contest or was it Uh. five times? Do you know?
1: I honestly have no clue. My mom would probably know, but I have no clue. I just remember going up to Simcoe, Ontario every year and just having an absolute blast. And, and there's so many other artists that I'm still friends with today, really good friends like the Wilkinsons and, and uh, Beverly Mahood and, and all these other artists that kind of came up singing in that particular competition in Ontario. So it's been, a nice, uh, it's been a nice journey and watching other people as well, who I met when I was super young, go on to have a career in music.
0: And what was it about country back then for you? Because I know now you have a lot of different, different influences and you're actually involved in other music, which we'll talk about. But at that age, what was it that made you want to focus on singing country music?
1: I don't know. I really don't. Uh, I grew up listening to everything. I have one of the most eclectic tastes in music, I think of anybody, but I don't know. I just feel like country music is where I belonged. You know, I could have been a pop singer. I could have done anything really, but, For me, it was just, it was country music. That's where I felt at home. And that's what I wanted to do.
0: And I believe it was through those singing competitions that at the age of 15, you received a development deal down in Nashville and you and your dad moved down there, left to the rest of the family back in Ontario. Now, what was that point in your life like as a 15 year old having this opportunity? Did you sort of realize, were you able to wrap your head around what that meant at that time?
1: no (laughs) no uh I think I think I was really fortunate because my entrance into the music business uh, as a professional and getting that record deal it was uh, a complete fluke and there was a lot of luck involved you know it definitely isn't that easy Uh, basically I just made a demo tape and stuck it in the mail
0: oh really
1: yeah it was it was very interesting twist of fate and a lot of luck you know and the person some of the people that i sent it to you they they opened up and listened to it which they most of the time do not do uh and then i found myself on a on a plane in nashville so uh, you know i've obviously worked hard over the years to 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 get to where i'm at but it was uh it was a stroke of luck that kind of sent me in the right direction
0: so where did that recording come from did you do that at a studio back home or where did that demo get done
1: yeah, it was done in Toronto. It was actually part of the winning package for the Canadian Open Country Singing Contest. If you won, then you get, you would get a uh, demo recording session, which was exactly which was for that to promote your music and try and uh, take it to the next level. And it it ultimately worked out.
0: And those two or three years that you spent down there at that time, what was that like for you? Like, what was that whole process like?
1: It was very eye opening uh, to be a kid from Ontario and moving to the South, uh, even at that time, it was, it was very, very eye Um, yeah, you know, I think it shaped me a lot as a person. I've learned a lot about different, uh, different cultures and, and things of that nature, just from, 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 you know, going so far to the left to so far to the right, um, by moving down to Nashville, but you know, it's home now it's home for us. I've been here a long time and my kids are here and my wife and, and everything. So it's home for us.
0: And at fifteen, did that make you grow up pretty quick being in that environment?
1: I think so. I think so. There's a lot of there's a lot of pressure kind of put on your shoulders when you're that young, a lot more than you probably should have. And it's and there's a reason why um, Scott Borchetta's record label is called Big Machine because ultimately that's what it is. You're being thrown into this big machine. And you're trying to figure out how to stay above water. That's that's ultimately what this business is. And as a 15 or 16-year-old kid, that's, that's even harder.
0: And so you came back home after those two or three years. Things didn't really work out. Um, you got involved in football in high school, and you had some uh, scholarship opportunities with that. But you decided in the year 2000 to move back down to Nashville. Now, how did that decision all come about to want to go back down there?
1: I think uh, I knew that I wanted to do music and I didn't want to work a quote-unquote nine-to-five job. Uh, Not that I'm trying to offend anybody, but it just wasn't for me. I knew that I had the abilities to have success in music and I just had to grind it out. So I went, you know, moved back to Canada, met my wife, and then we packed up and moved to Nashville, bought a house and and moved to Nashville. We've been here ever since.
0: Right, and so there was a, like you moved back in 2000, right? And then it didn't work out again with what you had produced. So you moved back to Canada. That's when you say you met your wife. And so at that point, after two sort of failed trips in Nashville, that third time, that final time, when you moved back, what was that like? I know it was, uh who was it? Rich, John Rich. Uh-huh. He was a, a sort of a reason why you moved back down that third time right it was a call from him
1: yeah i mean on my first uh experience living in nashville i just happened to uh meet and become friends with john and kenny from big and rich and it was right before their heyday really i mean we used to be in a little a little townhouse just writing songs and and they had a little bit of buzz but they weren't even big and rich at that point um so it's kind of interesting to see how people you meet when you're kind of coming up go on to do pretty big things like john and kenny um, but yeah, we, I wrote a song with John and Kenny probably about two years before it was recorded by them. I was living in Toronto and got a call from John's like, Hey man, we just, uh, we just cut the song that we wrote. And do you want to come down and put some background vocals on it? So I did. And, and that the rest is kind of history. I made the trip to Nashville, made the move to Nashville again, and just kept grinding. I mean, this is, this is, a, it's a hard business. I, I get asked all the time by people, uh, should i move to nashville do you have any advice for me and, and I, I literally say the first thing i say is how bad do you want it like is this a hobby for you and if it is that's totally fine but if you actually want to make this your career you have to want it more than anything in the world and not really have a plan b uh because even though I'm successful at football it, there was never really a plan b to go and do that um i wanted to be in music and uh just gotta stay with it and i stuck with it and, and here we are
0: and when you went down when you moved down in 2008, did you go down with a focus on songwriting, like becoming a songwriter and being able to get a footing that way before you kind of jumped off as an artist?
1: I think so. I feel like I've come full circle um, because originally when I moved to Nashville, I was, it was to be an artist, Uh, ended up losing my record deal and moving back to Canada and didn't know how to be in the music business but I, I knew that I wanted to so yeah the songwriting thing just came natural I started writing songs for like Sean Desmond who is still one of my best friends to this day uh, a lot of other Canadian artists Canadian Idol kind of stuff that was happening in the early 2000s and that got my songwriting going and got the attention of some people I had a couple of hits in Canada as a songwriter and then moved to Nashville to do that and then I don't think it was until maybe five or six years later that I was on the road with Emerson Drive Uh, some good friends of mine in that band. And I would watch them get up on stage at these festivals or shows and and sing the songs that I had written with them for them. And I'm thinking to myself, guys, I I, I sing pretty good. I think I could be doing this again. And that's ultimately how it all came together. I just, I didn't stop writing songs for other people, but I put more of the focus on being an artist, uh, particularly in Canada. And it's been a good little run we've had.
0: And in 2012, when you released your debut album, what was that feeling like after all of those years of really chasing that dream of being an artist, of finally being able to put out that album? What was the feeling like?
1: It was cool. It was cool. But I mean, I was still pretty young and just trying to find my way. Um, so I, I don't think I really even understood what I was jumping into. <laughs> to- <laughs> um but yeah getting getting the music out was great and every time i release an album to this day i still get very very excited for people to hear the music i mean we don't really call them albums anymore because it's kind of eight song eps yeah Uh, but yeah it feels good when you can release a collection of songs that you've worked on for however many years and, and put it out
0: and you've had really good success with songs charting in canada like, not necessarily, you've had the, the one number one, but every song, it seems, Um, I think the only one that hasn't charted was old school. And other than that, pretty much every single you've put out since 2012 has gone on the charts. What is that like to kind of have that confidence when you put out a song that y- your fans are going to be there to push that song along?
1: Yeah, I I, I feel like I still don't have the confidence that, you know, the songs that I put out are going to become hits. You you honestly just never know. Music is subjective. I've learned that very, uh, I've learned that very early on in my career that people like different things. Some people like more traditional stuff. Some people like more pop stuff. I mean, there's melodies that gravitate towards certain people and others, they don't. So it's ultimately a crapshoot. I just put the music out that I love and I think are the best songs and then go from there. But I think, I think being a successful artist, the the hardest thing is consistency. And if you look at some of the the superstars we have in Canada, people like Dallas Smith or Brody, Brett Kissel, I guess you could throw in there. These are people that have consistent hits over the last four or five years. And I feel like I'm getting close to that point now because it has been four or five years where we've consistently had hit songs. Whereas before that, I would have a couple songs that would do really, really well. And then there might be one or two that didn't do well. And it's really hard to, say, to sustain and grow uh, your fan base without the consistency. So I feel like now where I'm at in my career, it's 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 where I need to be. This is a great time for me because we are consistently having hit songs.
0: And as far as the number ones go, you had your first number one with Justin Moore in 2017 in america then in 2018 you had Gord banford in canada and then like a month after the Gord song went number one dive bar you had your own song go number one and so what is that experience like seeing a song you wrote that another artist has cut go to number one as opposed to your own song go to number one
1: it's uh it's equally as amazing the best part about writing songs that someone else records is kind of seeing what they do with it and hearing someone else's voice on it with, with dive bar. It was really great just to hear Gord, to hear Gord sing that song. Um, And for any of the songs that I've written for other people, because when an artist takes a song, they ultimately make it their own. Um, So yeah, I love, I, I love having number ones. It's awesome. I've had quite a few over my career and I continue to strive to have more but it's not like I look back on them very often. You know, it's not like I really, even in the moment, like you're just so having the billboard number one in the U S it was an incredible moment. And I tried to enjoy it as much as possible, but it's also very overwhelming. And I don't think until a couple of years go by, you can actually take a look back and appreciate what you were able to accomplish.
0: And as far as a songwriter goes, I was going to ask you about that when someone else records your song, what it's like when you hear it for the first time, because the best artists out there will make a song sound like they wrote it like there you listen to it and you're like there's no question that artist wrote that song because of the emotion they're putting behind it so what is it like for you to hear your words and just have them put them into that song so well
1: well I think when it really hits me is when I see it live like if I go to a, a, a whomever show a One Direction show or a Gord Bamford show, it, it, just hearing the fans connect to the song is really inspiring. It, it, it can be difficult sometimes because even if you're hearing a song that you wrote on the radio, there's still a little bit of a disconnect there because you're not with people and seeing how they react to the music and lyrics that you wrote. So I always find it extra special when I get to go out on the road or see one of these artists sings my sing my song for people and I can really start to uh, appreciate how much that song had an impact on the fans.
0: Right. And I wanted to talk to you about sort of 2017, 2018, you were going into the love a girl EP and you were going through some struggles. And basically before you started writing that EP, you took a trip, you got away because you needed to clear your head. Now you have been open about your, Mental struggles in the past. And so I just want to ask you about that and the importance of talking about it and how that supports you in being able to be open about that.
1: Yeah, I'm a huge advocate for mental health and the issues that people face. For the longest time, there was always um, a stigma attached to that. And I think that, you know, in particular, Bell Canada and what they've done with Bell Let's Talk Day has been huge for kind of removing the stigma about mental health and depression and anxiety. And if people can here I think people would see someone like myself who's had success and who's made a pretty decent amount of money and stuff like that. And they would say, well, what does that guy have to be depressed about? Well, I always say that depression doesn't discriminate whether you're rich or poor or black or white, it doesn't really matter. Um, I've had a horrendous struggle with mental health and I still struggle to this day. And continue to get help. And, and I've been really open with my fans or anyone that wants to listen because I'm not ashamed of it at all. Um, and I want people to understand that uh, just because your songs are on the radio or you're a celebrity or whatever, doesn't mean that you can't struggle just like someone else. So I've always been really open about that. I love talking to the fans about it. People come up to me at meet and greets and we, and we talk about things like that, that they're struggling with. And they say, um, thank you for being so open about your struggle because it really helps me in knowing that i'm not alone here and there's people that um i look up to and and who have depression as well so
0: and is it a sort of double edged sword with being a musician in that it's sort of therapy writing the songs but then when you're releasing the songs, that maybe is what brings up that anxiety and depression because you're so focused on what others are going to think about it and worrying about, you know, wanting people to like that music?
1: Um, for me, no, not really. Uh, this may sound like egotistical, but I feel like I know my abilities and I, I can, you know, I can just look at the wall behind me and say... <laughs> That I, that I think I know what I'm doing, but music is subjective. You honestly never know. Uh, I don't really worry about what people are gonna think because I feel that at this point, I know when I'm releasing a high quality song and I feel that uh, I can make that uh, distinction, but yeah, I mean, every once in a while, a song may not do what I think it does or because of the politics of the business or just the general BS of the business, Uh, sometimes songs don't do as well as they should or or you know the the business side of music is what frustrates me the most it's not necessarily the creative process or putting out music or worrying about what people are going to think about it it's more just the business because the business and the politics are really something that I can't control it's out of my control I have control where I can release the music I can write the music but um, all these other x factors are the ones that really uh, bother me.
0: And I know that you recently put out a video on social media, just talking to artists about the fact that you don't need to write your own music. You know, you don't have to feel like you have to do that. But I know for you, with your new album, you did have a hand in writing every song. And is that important for you? Because like you say, you know who you are as an artist, and you know what you want to portray in your songs. And so is that important for you to be involved with every song?
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) because some of my artists and some of the biggest artists in country music don't write all of their own songs uh eric church kenny chesney tim mcgraw blake shelton i mean i don't even i mean i think tim mcgraw has recorded maybe one song that he's written in his entire career and i think i i I preach that a lot and i don't want to get preachy but it really really bothers me when up-and-coming artists are so adamant about recording songs only that they've written. And it's it's a huge mistake. And I'm glad that I've had the experience to know better. But I always try to tell artists, but you know, I told another one the other day that like I want to write my own songs. I'm like, yeah, cool. I mean, have at her, but I mean Eric Church is one of the biggest artists we have and he didn't write the first single off his last album. So what does that tell you?
0: And for you, how has songwriting sort of supported your career? Like if you hadn't have had the songwriting and you just wanted to be an artist? Do you think you would be in Nashville right now? Do you think you would be an artist if you didn't have that songwriting side to sort of back up your career?
1: No, because writing hit songs for other people is what allowed me to financially support my, uh, you know, path towards having success as an artist. I think what set me apart from a lot of other people is that I had the finances to put it into my career. I could go out and do a tour and I've done it in the past. I've done numerous tours where I've lost money. I've lost an incredible amount of money, but the only reason I'm able to do that is because I have the financial security that I've built with my songwriting. Um, And it allows me to invest in my own career. And, and that's the difference between myself and some other artists that I see that are coming up. They just don't have that, Um, the the finances and and the, the money behind them to really make a dent because at the end of the day, you know, the music has to be great, but this is a business. It's about money and it's about reaching as many people as possible. And, you know, you get what you pay for. If you put the money in, then it'll likely come back to you.
0: And as far as reaching people goes in 2020, it was a crappy year, but for you, your music really made an impact and you were able to release some singles off the album that did really well, and so how uh, positive was that going through 2020 and having those singles do well and being able to keep that momentum on the album?
1: It was great. I think a lot of people were very concerned about their careers going into 2020, especially those who make uh, um, who make their living playing music live. That was that's hard for a lot of people. For me, I, I'm glad that we were able to keep the music on the radio so there was not much of a hiatus other than the fact that there's no live shows but doing the doing the virtual stuff trying to be as active on social media as possible but most importantly just continue to deliver great records and and i feel like we were able to do that and we had hits um throughout this whole pandemic situation which kind of kept me visible and and um didn't really put a damper on my career too much to be honest with you i'm just excited to go out and play again
0: And the new one, Song of the Summer, that was one I heard that you got the idea basically when you're listening to the radio and one of the announcers said, what's your song of the summer? And the song idea just kind of came to you, right?
1: That's exactly how it was. I was listening to a pop radio station down here in Nashville and they were talking about, they were asking their listeners, what's your song of the summer? And they were talking about different pop songs that had been out uh, of recent recently. And and I, I heard that and I'm like, you know what? that would make a great song title because it doesn't matter where you're from, how old you are, what decade you grew up in. Everybody has a song of the summer that takes them back to their youth or their mid twenties or thirties, whatever it may be. There's always that one song or several songs that can take you back to a certain place in time. So I think that's why people are really going to relate to this song because it is the truth. It's, it's real life. And that's, that's ultimately what country music is about. Right.
0: And to have it coming out, in the summer and to have the remix with una healy what does that mean to sort of have that other version um to really get it out there and will that sort of be going to pop radio perhaps with that remix is there a chance
1: the version of that song with una is definitely going to uh pop and country radio in the uk uh in particular radio 2 bbc radio 2 has been um a big supporter of country music over there recently so we're really hoping that they're going to jump on this record, but we're already seeing a ton of airplay over in the UK and Ireland, which is great. And then um, this is a great opportunity for us to meet each other's fans. Una is such a star over there, but hasn't really done as much in Canada or the U S and vice versa. This gives us a chance to, to meet each other's fans. Um, so it just seems like a great collab. We asked her to do it. I'm glad she did it and we've become pretty good friends.
0: And the, the original mix will it be going to canadian country radio soon
1: absolutely we're actually going to give country radio in canada the option to play whichever version they want okay yeah there's the original there's the poolside mix there's the una version Um, some might even want to play the acoustic version who knows but we're going to give we're going to throw the kitchen sink at canadian country radio and we're going to give them the opportunity to play whatever one they want
0: that is awesome. Well, there's still lots to talk about, but I know you have another interview. I know this Radio Club that you started with Sean Desmond. I just wanted to talk about that quickly, but because does that give you the opportunity just to kind of relive, you know, you talked about having a very eclectic music mix growing up. So is that a chance to sort of live another lane of that musical inspiration?
1: Absolutely. I mean, Sean and I have been friends for... Wow, 15 years, and we're still best friends to this day. We get each other. We love making music together, whether it was writing for him back in the day or or writing for me. And it was just one of those projects that I just wanted to do, not to be famous, not to really have people know who I am in that genre. It was just because we love making music. We just want to do it on our terms, write stuff that we love, and then hopefully people will dig it. And so far, we're off to a good start. The hardest thing for, for this whole project is, is realizing that we're starting ultimately from ground zero as a brand new artist which is difficult because sean and i have both had a a tremendous amount of success on our own so to kind of go back and and get humbled a little bit and trying to get thing off the ground has been very interesting
0: it's not a bad thing probably hey to sort of relive that
1: no not at all not at all uh we're having fun with it as i said sean's my best friend and we're just we're just having fun making music and that's I think if you have fun, then ultimately the success will, will find its way to you.
0: And are you working on any new country stuff? Can we expect a new EP or new music coming out soon from you?
1: Yeah. I mean, we're going to start soon. I'm heading down to Mexico, I think in a couple months to try and write a good chunk of the record down there. That's just an idea that I had. Cause we're, you know, we're building a house down there right now. My family or my, my I am with my wife and Uh, just to to head down there and kind of get away from Nashville for a little bit would be nice. And we're going to do that and try to try to write the majority of the singles off this record when we're down in Mexico.
0: Awesome. The Good Ones is the newest album, Uh, people can stream it anywhere, and uh, Song of the Summer is the newest single, and we'll look forward to hearing that on radio soon. Congratulations on all the success and all that you've been able to do. Like I say, it's really fun looking back to where you started and seeing your entire journey and just the success you have been able to build, so congratulations.
1: Don't remind me, it's been a long (laughs) one.
0: But that's good, it makes it worth it, right?
1: I'm still, I'm still here. I haven't hit 40 yet and I'm still here in the game. So uh, yeah, it could have been a lot worse.